Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, it's Ben and Sonia. Hi, welcome to Londoners, where we chat to the people behind the coolest things in London. Today we're chatting to Jenny Webber, the founder of Wildlife Drawing. That sounds pretty dangerous. Does she have a permit? What's this all about, Sonia? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. A life drawing class where instead of drawing naked people... Draw naked animals! Mm, I don't know about that. That sounds a bit weird. Okay, you ready? Let's go wild! Right, so Jenny, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Let's um, let's go right in and, and can you tell us everything there is to know about <laughs> wildlife drawing? Wow, well, okay, wildlife drawing. So it was set up in 2014 by me, myself. Um, I'm an artist come illustrator. Um, I set it up partly because when I... I moved to London to study um, a degree in illustration, a master's degree, and I. So you actually did some a degree yeah, in something. I did you've some learning used, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, quite rare. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite rare. Yeah, um, and uh, so what I was doing at Camberwell College was a lot of um, drawing. I visited a lot of the um, Natural History Museum, the Horniman Museum. Um, all of my work, all of my artwork, was supp- um, inspired by animals and nature, and I was kind of, I guess, like seeking that sort of natural connection a little bit through my artwork and I would go and I would uh, sketch the uh, taxidermy and I would like have a sketch of all of the uh, weird things that are um, preserved in spirits like uh, all like, the jars yeah all the weird, weird jars all those kind of things pretty yeah, yeah. creepy though isn't it pretty so. creepy I went backstage at the Natural History Museum once to do, uh, do their octopus in spirits and like they have cupboards of these mad specimens all like really gruesome all like greying and fraying and like bleh. It's kind of nasty, but um, also very interesting and, uh, you know, good to be understood. Um, and and so I, this was all of my kind of subject matter. That was like the stuff that I was really interested in drawing. And I guess after, I, well, after I finished my degree, I started working because I was really poor and I ended up doing, uh, curating the um, kind of, uh, inspirational talks and workshops for a, an agency come creative place down in Shoreditch called YCN and so I would invite a lot of entrepreneurs in and I would kind of we would listen to their stories about you know what they were doing in the world sort of making their mark on the world and I guess part of that sort of rubbed off on me and and sort of I've always loved animals and nature really and my mum ran the nature club at uh, school so we no were always way. like digging Wait. ponds at the weekend. I went to the nature club as Did well you? in Highbury yeah that's what 
city kids have to do when they need for nature? Oh, Where did you grow up? Uh, Yorkshire. Oh, you had a lot a of different. nature there then already. <laughs> yeah. Didn't need yeah, a club. Exactly. Didn't need a club. Um, and so kind of putting all of those things together, this interest in nature, um, this sort of entrepreneurial spirit, and kind of the idea of wildlife drawing came to me, which is, I haven't actually said what it is. Wildlife drawing is essentially life drawing, but instead of naked people, it's all about animals and nature. And it's trying to reconnect people who live in London, um, particularly, but it works anywhere, um, with the natural world and doing that through creativity. Um, we're also raising awareness and money for different animal charities and sanctuaries and kind of worthy causes here and there. Um, but before I set it up, I, I guess I was sort of craving that those real animals really and when I was drawing all this taxidermy and and sort of weird kind of gross old animals I was like well it's well, alive ones yeah <laughs> like well, you know where are the real animals here in London and I, I was sort of crazy I wanted to see the way that the animals moved and behaved and um you know what the light looked like kind of reflecting off their scales and their fur and um I felt like there was kind of a missing link here so I sort of was looking around for a drawing class so that- I, I can kind of picture you just on the streets and just like seeing a, a- fox just like slink down the street yeah. Yeah, quick like, get the sketchbook <laughs> it's gone Pigeons. oh man it's gone. <laughs> yeah yeah well that's the thing like in london there isn't actually too much kind of wild nature or sort of animals hanging around i mean oh, obviously city farm i'm always in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah apart from the farms but the, yeah the pigeons as we've said the odd urban fox uh, a couple of rats and mice here and there but there isn't there isn't sort of you know uh, well I mean, I say that, but there is actually loads of nature if you look for it. But as I say, on like a general scale, you know, you're going to and from work, you don't really expect to see too many animals on your Especially journey. Especially not in central London. If you're it's, in yeah. Soho, you're not going to have like, I don't know, a flamingo well, bobbing down the road. It's more like rats on the tube. There are pelicans in St. Park, actually. There's like, yeah, and there's some, in, um, there's some flamingos in Kensington Park as well. So actually, when you start looking, there are, there is nature. But that, that was the whole thing about it, really. I kind of wanted to make it easier for people to reconnect to animals and nature in London um, because I felt like that sort of, that connection was, was sort of lost. And it's certainly for me, moving here from the countryside, I felt a bit like I was craving it. Um, and also, um, well, it is, it is quite difficult. I mean, unless you go out of the city and, uh, you know, actively seek out nature, I sort of felt like possibly I had to bring it to the people of London a little bit. Um, and so the first class we ever did was, uh, owls, baby owls mostly. Uh, and it was amazing. It was like, pandemonium as well slightly because um I, I i kind of got a venue in mind and um i was speaking to quite a few different falconers sort of in the local area and one thing about the drawing classes um that's very very important to me is animal welfare so i uh, it was very important to me to find somebody that um obviously put uh, animal welfare and the comfort and safety and well-being of the animal um at the top of their priority list because there are a quite a lot of people that work with animals in the UK and not all of them have their animals best interests at heart. So for me, that was a very significant part of it. So, um, uh, for want of a better term, I call them my owl men. Uh, they brought along. Um, I want one maybe, of those. Yeah, <laughs> they're great to have. I've got a pig man. I've got a, a mammal <laughs> lady. I've got a wolf lady. <laughs> oh, I want to be the wolf lady. A good team. <laughs> um, and and so they brought along uh, a selection of their their baby owls, and we um, actually and before I before the class began, obviously I had to sort of sell the tickets and I had to uh, promote it and all that kind of thing and. 
I was very surprised at actually the uptake of people. Everyone sort of jumped on the idea. Well, as soon as you say a selection of baby owls, (laughs) uh, that's who's not in exactly. So, um, what's the session like? Do you want to describe how a session works? Mm, Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, So they're generally about two hours long, and we do them all over London. So um, could be at the Natural History Museum um, or the Royal Academy, or it could be um, at the Ace Hotel or the Town Hall Hotel, or even in a WeWork space. Um, And they the the animals will come along depending on what species they are. It sort of denotes the sort of setup of the class and how many people come. Um, Usually about 20 25 people all the drawing materials are supplied so i get paper and pencils but all kinds of other fun stuff you might like to try and then we begin with a bit of an intro from me just about the concept of the the project and and the aims and the the sort of the well-being of the animals and then we get to grips with the animals themselves so i always have um, not literally <laughs> not literally apart from that one time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and they, uh, so the, the experts who come along, they uh, talk to you about the animals, so that you get a really, really good understanding of the way they um, they hunt, the what they eat, um, but also, I guess, because these these experts know these animals incredibly well, you also get to uh, understand the personality. And one wonderful thing that I have learned from doing these classes is that all animals are individuals. You know, they have their own weird quirks, like we do. They have their life and their dislikes and and for me that was kind of the the fundamental thing to learn I suppose from the drawing classes is that you know yeah we're all we're all just individuals doesn't matter what species we are it's uh yeah it's fascinating and then I kind of go through um a sort of five of my top tips for drawing animals from life which can be a challenge I understand that some animals move more than others um some people you know ask whether you know we have them strapped up or anything I god no that's so far away from what I'm trying to do here so we just allow the animals to behave naturally sometimes they have enrichment activities that they can go go for so say they might you know search for a couple of mealworms and a little uh little toy or or a brush or something um but generally we just let them do their thing and uh they will yeah and, and and are drawn by us and I find that when you spend that much time with an animal and are learning about it at the same time um, you really do form a connection with the animals that you're drawing that's how I feel about my girlfriend a lot of the time yeah, do you draw her often? you're drawing often. her what, like yeah. Jack from Titanic yeah. she doesn't know this but yeah when oh she's god <laughs> so why, why don't you talk us through some of the animals that you've done so far sure and kind of you know the different sizes you can kind yeah, of go yeah okay I'll, I could go up in size <laughs> order perhaps so um, I guess the smallest would be uh, bees we we drew bees for the first time they don't uh, stay still surely no they don't but there's many of them so if one you've lost in the in the crowd you can draw another one <laughs> what about their personalities you'll lose them well buzz off we so yeah bees smallest and then everything from kind of mice to little dagoos which are funny little rodents rabbits guinea pigs guinea pigs are a surprise hit actually there's a real kind of undercurrent of bin, uh, guinea pig lovers here in london are they quiffy, quite fluffy oh, yeah, yeah are they noisy ish they can be they could they have their own little language so they they communicate in sort of squeaks and grunts and are they kind of, of like the punk rockers of the uh of the, the rodent world <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much yeah they're little superstars um and then everything from kind of like skunks and then meerkats owls uh eagles hawks 
kestrels, um, and then up to things like wolves, or also parrots in the bird category. Parrots and exotic birds, they're incredible to draw. Uh, wolves, and I say wolves, I, I actually mean uh, lupine Werewolves. Dogs. Werewolves, yeah, <laughs> mostly werewolves and mystical creatures. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to start that. <laughs> Um, and then everything, yeah, all the way to kind of llamas, alpacas, donkeys, goats, wow. okay. pigs, miniature pigs, um, going back down the, the size scale there, but, um, miniature pigs are truly fantastic. So that's got to be one of the most popular ones. Oh, yeah, certainly is. Yeah, yeah, those tickets, especially when they're piglets as well. Oh, stop. I oh, know it's too much. Honestly, people come and they don't draw at all. They just stare. They're yeah. squealing. Yeah. The, the pigs aren't making any noise. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, the pigs, the are people fine. are like, yeah, yeah, the squeals are purely from the humans. But um pigs, you can tell when they're kind of happy and content because they wag their tails like dogs. So you've got like these little piglets cruising around, their tails wagging. It's oh just, God, honestly, so it's too much. So I've got to ask, you've got to have some poop stories. Oh, man, yeah, so many. I mean, it's not a proper class without a bit of poo and wee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> um The best one, the best uh times when animals do their business misbehave misbehave well i mean it's a natural thing isn't it <laughs> yeah. it could be you don't want to stop them from doing that then do you it could be nervous. the flow <laughs> yeah it's true um uh it's actually the family classes that i do so i do drawing classes for all different kinds of people but sometimes it's um mostly for families so parents and their children can come along and they draw and they meet the animals at the same time which is really nice because it's an activity that they can do together but then if like, you know, if any poos or wees come out that they get incorporated into the drawings themselves and oh, often wow. become like the okay. central feature. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was one time um, we were drawing a tortoise called Dandelion. And um, when uh, tortoises go to the toilet they go like for days there was a lagoon of urine kind of <laughs> wow. seeping over this table as slowly as they move in well do you know what people are always like yeah tortoises are a piece of cake to draw they are like nippy little sprinting off yeah truly vicious yeah. My, my friend has taught eye um tortoise. yeah when they when they eat they're quite aggressive yeah, they've got a real beak on them, haven't they? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get a run finger in, in there. <laughs> I've had a, yeah, I've lost a finger, yeah. I've now got love and hat tattooed on my knuckles. But... Um, right, so where, where do you actually get your animals from? And how, how did that conversation start? Because that sounds a bit mad. Can I borrow a wolf? For a day. <laughs> uh, yeah, good question. Um, so the, so the classes kind of work in two ways. Um, more, sometimes we go to where animals already reside. So that could be, like you said, the city farms, uh, aquariums, sanctuaries, um, places like that. Um, or I have a very, very small selection of uh, kind of animal handlers, um, or sanctuaries or, or, you know, people that, um, that have animals and are able to bring them into certain situations. So the animals that come to the classes are all super comfortable in, uh, different places and with, with different people around as well. So the, their sort of well-being is the highest priority and we wouldn't be able to bring them to those classes if they were not comfortable um but i yeah how did i do so i guess it started with a sort of a bit of a, a internet search but then also um kind of a bit of a background check as well i suppose and i also the an animal community is quite small and so um often recommendations happen uh, and that's the best way really because I I'd rather go on someone's recommendation um, that I trust as opposed to kind of a little internet search and see 
see what comes up because yeah can so that, tr- that trust obviously has to go both ways right because they're, yeah. they're for the first time so that owl uh, workshop that you did mm-hmm. the very first one they must be thinking what are you going to do with these then yeah it was the first time anyone had ever asked where, to where do did that. You, where did you do it uh, it was at a venue called the Proud Archivist, which is on the canal in Haggerston. Oh, yeah. I think it's been taken over now a few times. It's actually times. closed down now. Mm. Has it? Yeah. Um, but that was the first venue that we used. Um, and it was a, a kind of a lovely, light, bright evening in the summertime. And the owls were um, fairly well, I want to say well behaved, but they were just you know, just doing their thing, just doing their baby owl thing. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing, actually. Afterwards, I felt kind of well, relieved, obviously. But I think also the the people who brought the owls were quite intrigued by this sort of different uh, way of connecting with the the animals. I suppose um, I always say, you know, when. You know, if you were to go to, say, a, a bird of prey centre or something and you, you'd go kind of walk in and you'd walk past an owl, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a nice owl. And then you'd walk on. But where you have those hours to spend with that particular animal and you can see, you know, what they're all about and that that connection then is goes a bit deeper. And, and, we, and when people feel that emotional connection to what they're drawing and what they're seeing, it's a really wonderful way to kind of incorporate the um, sort of animal welfare, the conservation issues that are affecting that animal um and it seems to be like a really nice sort of organic way of getting people interested in animals especially if they're not animals that they see on a daily basis you know in the city so how do people react in the classes are are they obviously they're kind of excited to be there but um yeah do they like how have you kind of noticed them engaging with the with the animals or um all different kinds of ways actually um so they're, uh, yeah, as you say, often very, very excited, very, uh, they feel quite, um, honored to be in the presence of such animals, I think, because often, well, it's not every day that that happens to people. Um, and, uh, it's, it's with some animals, there is a bit more interaction than others. So say, for example, the, the wolves, I say wolves, I mean, sort of wolf dogs, um, but they, you know, they're lovely and friendly and they'll kind of roll over for a belly rub, um, even though they are kind of perfect wolf lookalike and gives us an opportunity to talk about wolves in the wider world but then you've got this kind of giant wolf-like animal and he's just kind of on his back and wanting a treat and it's just it is a really really nice thing when you see people feeling really special and feeling really calm as well because I, I find that people come to the classes after work often and they they're like, oh gosh you know I've been running around like a mad thing and they sort of arrive a bit kind of frazzled and then by the end of those two hours you know spending time with animals being creative they're feeling very ah relaxed yeah definitely that's something I experienced and I, I went to one of your owl yeah, sessions yeah. which is awesome it, that calmingness mm. of, of being in the class you can you can tell when people are very curious about which naturally want to ask questions and almost like whispering like yeah. oh, yes. are the other birds okay are they all right are they yeah which is quite cool yeah but yeah I suppose it's that natural curiosity where mm. people just get the opportunity to, to learn about something which is really really different also you don't mm. get up close with animals like that even like no, in no. zoos and sanctuaries you kind of as you say they're always kind of a little bit behind a barrier you don't probably get to like establish a relationship with them yeah Um, yeah I I agree and also I think animals are magical regardless you know it doesn't matter where how old you are or where you've come from or where you've you know where you've been animals are always have that sense of magic and people are always curious about them yeah and baby owls what do they even look like are they like little gray things they're fluffy 
soup like little balls of feathers fluffy feathers so how i mean this is getting into like serious um the really wild show territory isn't it yeah when when did they start growing their adult feathers and stuff then well i've got all of the facts for you here (laughs) hit me i have actually previously we've run um baby owl classes so sort of we've what we've done because they they grow super fast from hatching out of their egg to being a fully formed adult flying uh it's a matter of 12 weeks maybe less can you imagine if human beings grew that fast to adults? It's insane, isn't it? Just um, get us tiny, t- tiny uh, adults, oh God. tiny humans. <laughs> yeah. A lot of immaturity. Just walking, talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, no. Um, so yeah, 12 weeks is, is the time it takes and they, they eat constantly. And they also, um, as they're growing, because their, their, uh, bones and their muscles are, are forming so quickly, they do these amazing, like mad stretches. So they'll stretch their wings out. They'll stretch their legs out. And I like to call it owl yoga it's gonna say that is the next thing yeah i've got some wicked pictures for you (laughs) yeah i've done goat yoga oh that's a thing that is a thing honestly (laughs) goats and trees yoga is that something is it gonna be your new thing it is tomorrow (laughs) that's quite dangerous (laughs) (laughs) um so when you come to a class do you need any kind of any artistic skill or Talent or drawing experience. Protection, maybe <laughs> don't wear high-vis clothing or... <laughs> or something that, that, you know, that we're going to want to eat or... No, but do you need to, like, ha- you know, be good at drawing, basically? Not at all, no. I think all you need to come with to the class is a positive mental attitude. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people come and they've been really scarred by previous creative experiences, usually by their secondary school art teacher, who I think I'll have a lot to answer for mm. uh, in previous years. Um, and they... Uh, and so people don't actually need anything. I, I've got my five top tips, um, which kind of help people to begin. So I always say um, it's good to look before you draw. Um, draw what you see, not what you think the animals look like. Um, take photographs. Sometimes people find it easier to have a little static image to begin with. Um, but then I also say start with a one line, which is I call the spine line, if it's a mammal. Um, and so if you get that one line in, to begin with, usually from the nose to the tail. And then what you do is start to break the sort of shapes and the muscle structure of the animal down into, um, I guess, sort of like circles, rectangles, really, really simple, simple shapes. And then sort of build your animal on the page Um like a jigsaw puzzle, I suppose. And so you've kind of got these, you've got these sort of building blocks that you can work with. Um, it is also quite tricky. People often get quite nervous about the fact that the animals are moving around. But um, again, with the, the photographs and the sort of the drawing quite quickly and being quite sort of free and easy with your mark making, there's, there's definitely ways around it. And I've seen people do make incredible progress so something I I do quite like to do is ask people before the animals kind of come out and make their debut um I ask people to draw that particular animal from their imagination or their memory and then at the end of the class they compare their first drawing to their last drawing and they see how much they've progressed and you you get a real sense of pride people really manage it it's great that draw as you draw what you see tip is a good one yeah I know a friend of mine um once drew a hippo with fins oh well they created a a new animal well I don't know what I I was like did did you finish high school like what (laughs) don't learn about hippos in like secondary school geography if you you ask the right questions you learn about anything you need to um are there any other animals you want to do like what's on your hit list not (laughs) not not quite like that (laughs) um 
a lot of people do ask me that. And I suppose my uh, desire to draw animals is also kind of tempered by how feasible it is. I mean, cause my favorite animal is a whale and that's just simply not going to be possible. I don't On think. On a boat. You could do possibly, like little, more like you know, sort of shading. Boat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, What's on my, so coming up this year, we've got some, some good ones. I mean, uh, greyhounds. Um, so I quite like drawing animals that have, um, really good muscle structures. So horses and greyhounds is another one. I'm actually doing a class at the Town Hall Hotel on the 3rd of March, and that's going to be uh, for the Greyhound Trust charity. But they are amazing to draw. Those angles and the uh, the kind of real uh, interesting shapes and curves of their bodies is, is fantastic. Um, other animals that I'd like to draw, I mean, I would love to take wildlife drawing abroad and mm. kind of go and do the, you know, on almost on not safari, but you know, more tropical animals, more tropical animals, yeah. So you know, your your elephants, um, your gazelles, that kind of thing. That's Attenborough territory. Fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could get the really wild shore back together, and Michaela Strachan giving you some info while you're kind of taking the art class. Yeah, well, would I would watch that. That will go on it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely in the, oh, hope, hope to be in the pipeline. But imagine taking it to the, like, the Galapagos where those animals on those islands aren't particularly frightened of human beings because human beings haven't been there for that long. So they didn't, haven't developed that fear. And so your, you know, your sea lions, your marine iguanas, your amazing bird life there. Um, they're all just hanging out waiting to be drawn. Wait, <laughs> waiting to be drawn. Waiting to be drawn. Waiting for their close up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just see someone Lying walking past a with a pencil. Nice, you know, <laughs> lounging position. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you're a beginner and you're not very good at drawing, what would be a good class to come along to that you do? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say one where the animals don't move quite as much. So owls, pretty good, fairly still. Um, also reptiles, um, lizards, that kind of thing. As they are a cold-blooded animal, they actually don't expend too much unnecessary energy. So um, they they tend to stay fairly still. Bearded dragons in particular, honestly, they don't really move a muscle unless they hear, you know, a noise and they want to look around. They are your perfect models, bearded dragons. Perfect models. <laughs> perfect <laughs> models. Um, would you, like, where would you recommend people go in London if they wanted to kind of say they couldn't come to the class? Mm. Um, you know, are there any spots for drawing animals that aren't, yeah, as we said, you know, foxes and sure. trying to... P- pigeons yeah. with carrier bags on their feet. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Um, yeah, where, you know, to kind of any good animal sp- spots. Yeah, there are plenty actually. So if you do want to get a bit sort of up close and personal, the city farms are great. Spitalfields in particular is one of my favourite places in London. Um, they have Hamish the goat. He is a uh, runt pygmy goat. So he's about half the size of uh, normal pygmy goats, which are already small. Um, but he has like four times the personality. He's oh. amazing. <laughs> they also have miniature donkeys called Gilbert and Sullivan who are delightful. Um, so they're really great. Uh, I would say also the wetland centres, so Walthamstow and um, the Woodbury Wetlands near Stoke Newington. They're lovely. So lovely cafe there. Lovely cafe. And there yes. at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Very, nice. Very nice. Good for you. <laughs> Great. Good to know. Um, uh, but there, I suppose that's a bit more sort of landscape uh, sketching. The aquarium, uh, London Aquarium, also a fantastic space. Um, although I would say I have been there before to draw in the daytime and I run classes there during the evening. Um, and I'd say that drawing's a lot more pleasurable 
without the hordes of screaming school children. They are, they're animals <laughs> themselves. <laughs> it's amazing, actually, when the when the sort of the crowds disperse, um, the behavior of the sharks and the sea turtles and the fish all kind of change a little bit. They, they come out. They're they, like, all right, yeah. they're all gone. They're all okay, gone. Time to relax. party now. <laughs> <laughs> so you've obviously done so many amazing uh, sessions, but are there any that's in particular that stand out to you? Um, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yes, there are a couple. I can tell you've actually, got a story. Here. Yeah, there's one that is hilarious. Um, but then I think where the classes are most enjoyable for me is when I see the the sort of aim of the class kind of cu- coming to life. So essentially it's when people are learning something, feeling like they are getting better at drawing or achieving something like that, but also really learning about those animals and how they exist in the wider world. And um, it, so a class that comes to mind is when I have, we've drawn miniature pigs before and for want of a better term, my, my pig man, Mark, um, he uh, he actually is, he's incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about pigs. Um, so we always learn lots and lots, but also we talk a little bit about um, how kind of pork is processed and uh, the sort of kind of rather inhumane facts of the 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 meat industry um 
And I often support a, a, a non-profit organization called Farms Not Factories um, with these classes. And I've seen people's kind of opinions and behaviors change kind of, I don't want wildlife drawing in any sense to be preachy, but it's more just kind of giving people the facts awareness yeah. yeah yeah and just you know they can take from it what they will um and i've seen people um you know really start to kind of think about you know where meat comes from thinking about the welfare of the animals and and just you know just sort of yeah behavior changes i suppose which is quite exciting um and you can see then that the classes are sort of doing what i set out to which is to raise awareness about about animals and What, what was the um, the hilarious story? Okay, yeah. So that was uh, not last year's Christmas special, but the one before. And we did an ethical turkey drawing class. So it was kind of like turkeys have feelings too. And if you're going to eat turkey, eat the higher welfare turkey, that kind of thing. But anyway, um, a lot of people ask me what is the weirdest animal you've drawn. And I can say, hands down, the humble turkey is the one that the male... Yeah, the male turkey itself, right? So... It was on Vauxhall City Farm and this particular turkey, like all turkeys, has a, a weird kind of red, like a knobbly head, um, which looks a bit like its brain is on the outside of, it, of its uh, skin. Mm, and it attractive. also has this, um, it gets worse, um, it also has this mad, uh, like a sort of unicorn horn, for, for want of a better term, which is named a snood. And oh, I love this. When, when, when the, uh, the turkey is kind of, you know, um, maybe he's... He, He's like trying to demonstrate his manhood. Um, he gets a bit excited. This snood starts to kind of grow and become like floppy and goes bright red. And then he, if he gets really excited, he whips it around his head like some kind of uh, unbelievable. It's just... I've got an uncle like that. <laughs> like he's like he's in a hair advert. It's absolutely like he's just stepped out of a salon. Absolutely. Um, and I have to say, like that to me. A what, that was a truly memorable experience to 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 see that happen. So, yeah. what what are people's reaction? Are they like all oh, clapping? Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people were uh, not alarmed, Fainted. but um, yeah, a little surprised at how. Uh, gross it was I think. <laughs> it sounds very phallic <laughs> it, i mean i almost said the word flaccid and then i stopped myself <laughs> <laughs> right well we're going to test your knowledge of uh, of london and animals i think yeah we've got a list of around. famous london animals for you oh man okay the um the goat the pygmy goat not on there okay fine although obviously a famous character so what, what we need you to do is 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 guess or tell us where these famous london animals live So we'll we'll go for the first one. And also, just you... a caveat: some of them are dead. Okay, well, sure. You don't need to. We can give you some facts on when they died and how they died and oh, yeah. all that sort of okay, stuff. Okay, great. I love a quiz. So we've got Bring um, it on. <laughs> Palmerston the cat. Palmerston the cat, dead or alive? Alive. And kicking. Uh, I don't know that one. Okay, marking you down as a Norse. Oh God, no. That was the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. Oh. I mean, he's I do not mouser have there. that knowledge. Is he yeah. really? Yeah, if you go on a tour on open house, cats. you can see him. I've seen him. Very sleepy. I'll pay him a visit. Okay, uh, Alan the Dashhound. Who's oh, no. dead? <laughs> Tragic death. A hilarious story. Oh, I don't, Also known been... as Tatler Allen. Tatler Allen. Oh, would he be at the Tatler offices? Yes, getting there, closer. Okay, so... Um, 
I'm, I'm not there, I'm afraid. I'm so sorry. I've never heard Tatler of these Tatler Allen that died in a tragic accident in a, uh, a revolving, revolving door. door. The revolving oh. door of the, oh, of, the mental of Vogue House. Well, in, of Vogue House. In 2013, there, taken out uh, on a walk by an intern. Oh, man. That was... Oh, that's a sad story. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, you know, there's only happy ones now. It's fine. <laughs> um, so we haven't got an, a name. It's the Nameless Walrus. Okay. I know where that is. That's the Horniman Museum. Correct. Correct. And you know he's the he's overstuffed. Um, so when the he was the, the the carcass of the walrus was brought back, and you know how walrus have a lot of uh, like skin hanging down. I did not know that. Uh, well, yeah, they just have like you know a lot of room, shall we say? Um, and the the guy who taxidermied this walrus hadn't seen a walrus in so real life make before. Him super hench. Exactly. So he just like kept ramming that stuffing in there. <laughs> That's why he's so impressive. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been on a tour recently. He? he went on a little tour around. Oh, he wasn't so actually nice. at the Horniman. He was, but he's back now. Oh my god! In case anyone wants to Great. see him. Okay. Um, Hope the whale. Oh. Natural History Museum. Excellent. A great addition, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's really good for them to have a animal living now as its sort of main attraction in the big hall. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've now got Melina the Raven. Going to say the uh, Tower of London. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I know they have some ravens. She's never met her. She's one of the more friendly of the ravens. Yes. Um, Tom Payne the cat. Oh, I know the name of this. It, dead or alive? Unfortunately dead. Unfortunately dead. Another sad story. No. Not involving a revolving door. Thank I God. actually know how he died. Tom Payne the cat. Let's just say, if you want a clue, he wore an accessory. A snoot. No, it was a not snoot. a snoot. <laughs> a snoot. <laughs> oh, I, no. I've, a ruff. I've, he wore a ruff. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Is that helping? Buckingham Palace? No, close. close, close a pub. Close. Seven <laughs> Sisters, Seven Stars pub. Uh, he was known for sitting on the on the bar wearing a, a ruff. Oh, oh. He died in 2011, sadly. Oh, He's a legendary character. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go for my addition to the list. I'm missing a few. So I wouldn't say this is a, a famous London animal, but, you know, it could be. Um, Larry the donkey. Larry the donkey. Hackney City Farm. Get in. And you- Correct. <laughs> um, who else have we got? Vaclav the pelican. St. James's Park. Correct. God, you're smashing through these now. Oh, right. Um, Jesse the rude parrot. Oh, oh. Uh, one then one of the main parks in London, Hyde Park. Jessie the rude parrot. I don't know. I don't know her personally. <laughs> You'd probably don't want to know her. She's not very nice. Um, she is from Edmonton, and she was ah. brought down. She was on a roof, and she was swearing at firefighters as they were trying to bring her down. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, she has, after she escaped from her owners, she's not in a public facility. I see. Got you. Okay. But she's a, also a legend. Um, any more? Guy the gorilla. Um, is he natural history history museum as well? Guy the gorilla. No, no, no. He's he's not alive anymore. But he was alive quite a while actually. Oh, London Zoo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's the famous, the old famous gorilla. Died sorry, in nineteen seventy-eight. Dead or alive? Shouldn't I? I need okay. to clarify that. That's before. good. That's seven. Seven out of ten. Well, I think that's that's a fairly respectable. Fairly good. That's pretty good. 
Right, now <laughs> let's find out how London kind of influences your, your whole lifestyle and your drawing. Um, how long have you been a Londoner? A Londoner. <clears throat> so I moved, well, so it's nine years now. I moved in 2010. Um, I would say I feel like I only truly became a Londoner, um, maybe fairly recently, actually, because I, I, I was always, I do love London, but I was kind of always on Minganari and I was thinking like, do me and my boyfriend, do we kind of move out to the seaside? Not sure. Um, and actually, last year we rehomed a little dog called Emil. He's a, a Bosnian street dog. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and actually I feel like since having him and feeling a bit more like I get to see a bit more nature. So I walk him all around Hackney Marshes and... I'm sorry you didn't bring him today. I know. Well, um, I think he would have caused havoc and mayhem. More people in poo and wee stories. <laughs> well, he is house trained, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they would, they would find another way of causing some havoc. Um, but uh, I yeah so so I was thinking for a while I was sort of craving that kind of community and that connection with nature and then since having a dog I realised that everyone's just so much more friendly to you you've got a little dog on a lead everyone's, everyone wants to chat everyone's delightful and I've made so many new pals and uh, I now go out walking with him most days and um, I just feel I feel like a real Londoner now yeah I think Emil was the key and whereabouts do you live you live in Hackney yeah yeah I live in Clapton. So where do you go to get feel inspired in London? Good question. Uh, well, I do like the more natural side of London. So the the wetlands centres, very, very beautiful. Um, and a whole variety of, yeah, the, I mean, I think London's parks are absolutely incredible. Um, I love the area around the Serpentine. Don't go there enough, actually. Um, Have you ever swum in there? No, but I would really like to um i love to i hate the term the wild swimming when i did a quite a bit in the river lee over uh, the last summer in the heat wave i know it sounds gross but it was actually quite fast moving the water and you could see through it i did it too it was it was nice and chilly it was yeah lovely i loved it um so that's a good a good spot but then also i think because i'm from kind of an artistic background the sort of the ever-changing art exhibitions and the museums on tap are just something that is incredible really and if I moved away from London I know I'd miss it all terribly um the Natural History Museum love that space yeah that's one of my top faves so you mentioned um a few of the venues where you've kind of held your classes but if are there any classes any venues in London where you kind of would be on your dream list I would love to do drawing classes uh, in the butterfly houses. You know, when Ooh, they come, yeah. yeah, they would be amazing. I did, I, I almost did one with the Natural History Museum. We ended up taking it inside and doing uh, drawing from their butterfly collection, which to me was a little bit less interesting. Um, but the, yeah, the butterfly houses would be absolutely amazing. Um where else? I don't, do you know what? I, I feel very lucky and fortunate that I have managed to work with so many wonderful venues and uh, natural spaces around London. Um, but yeah, I think taking it um, to different 
cities um, and also to different places around the UK, maybe abroad, um, would be great. I was reading the other day about um, a seal sanctuary in Norfolk, um, which I think might be number one on my list of wow. people to contact for 2019. I mean, that would be great, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, you probably can't bring them to London. But, no, yeah. no, yeah, no. You there's some there. animals yeah. where you've got to go to them. You've <laughs> yeah, just got to go I was, there. I was going to say maybe like the moths at St. Paul's or something. There's a few up there, right? <laughs> rafters. <laughs> Good luck trying to draw there. <laughs> um, there's so many other like quirky life drawing classes in London. It's kind of I feel like there was a sort of, there's having a bit of a little bit of a moment. Mm. Um, have you been to any other ones that are kind of I feel really you know, sheepish now? No, there's um, like I knew, I was having a look at ones that are still going. There's kind of like neon body paint life drawing. Yeah, sure, and yeah, burlesque. You know, um, I have a confession to make. I actually hate drawing human beings, <laughs> um, and I don't ever do it unless I can. <laughs> really help it <laughs> what do you hate about it just their hideous um, form well that and um i just find animals so much more interesting <laughs> um and probably because i'm not quite as good at it perhaps but i yeah i yeah not not for me so where can people see some of the work that you do from the the, the wildlife drawing and you know people might be interested in some of your illustrations outside of that yeah, yeah. Um, so I've done two children's books so far. The last one came out last year in March, and it's called The Coral Kingdom. And it's all about the Great Barrier Reef and about uh, conservation. Um, sort of, It's a gentle sort of message about conservation, but it's also a bit of a call to action. So um, people at the back of it has lots of facts about what um, people and families can do to change their behaviour to help the coral reefs. But it's also a massive celebration of the amazing colourful ecosystems down there that often, you know, lots of people might not be able to experience it. I mean, I haven't really experienced it yet, to be honest. Um, I applied for an Arts Council uh, grant to go to uh, the Great Barrier Reef to do some primary research oh that would have been amazing it would have been amazing had they not thought it sounded too much like a free holiday, holiday. yeah <laughs> so oh, you did, had research didn't get that. Didn't yeah, yeah. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. The key word. pop the word in a few times um but um but that yeah so that was my that my second children's book the first one was um <clears throat> called it starts with a seed which is uh, about the life cycle of a tree but uh I can't help but think it sounds a bit like a sex education book, <laughs> but but it isn't. It's about a tree, and uh, you can learn multiple things. Well, from that. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that came out a, a couple of years ago. But both of them have this sort of same uh, message, where it's sort of the more you look, the more you see, and open your eyes to nature, and um, you know, take the time to kind of look around and uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the world. <laughs> Do you ever exhibit in any, do you ever have exhibitions or anything like that where people can see your work? Or? Um, I haven't done it for a while, but I will be doing it later on this year because I'm actually going uh, on an artist residency to the Bolivian jungle in amazing. April. Which, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, amazing and scary this time, this sort of this side of Christmas. Been, it's very have scary. You, is it? <laughs> no, it's you'd be fine. Oh, God. <laughs> it's awesome. Is so, it? so cool. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's actually on an animal sanctuary where um, what they do is take animals out of the uh, illegal wildlife trafficking 
working trade and they rescue, rehabilitate, re-release them. But the animals that they can't easily re-release because of whatever reason, they just um, give a, a home for in the jungle. And so volunteers go and they, they look after these animals and they help to kind of care for them and clean them and prepare their food. But they've also want to invite artists along so they um, can make work in response to kind of what they see and the animals that are there and raise money and awareness for what they're doing out there in Bolivia. So uh, watch this space. What kind of animals are there? Well, they have the pink dolphin, don't they? Which oh, the river is dolphin. very weird. Have you seen it? Yeah, <gasps> it's odd. It's an is odd it? looking thing because you don't quite know what you're actually looking like. Well, how pink are we talking? Well, it's it's got it, it's the pigmentation in the skin is very different. So some of it is is pink, and then some of it's also grey, and it's like a camouflage all over it, no, and then it just right. pops They're... its head up, and you're like, "What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Will it attack me?" <laughs> <laughs> and they they've got really poor eyesight as well, isn't that right? Well, so have I, the... so that's fine. We get on. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a, a river dolphin. <laughs> yeah, what did you see? Maybe the sun was just reflecting <laughs> off someone swimming. Now, what animals are you going to be drawing? Well, the animals that, that in that, well, maybe the river dolphin, um, uh, pumas, ocelots, um, anteaters, giant anteaters, oh, um, a variety of different exotic birds, I think, um, lots of howler monkeys and kind of smaller primates, uh, that's all I can remember at the moment. I know that those animals are there at the sanctuary at the moment, but I think it's quite, uh, quite, you know, as and when different animals come in, they give them a home. So maybe more. Yeah, I think I remember going to a gibbon um, sanctuary there. Mm. The noise that they make oh, is yeah. absolutely amazing. So wow. we'll definitely have fun there. It's that shortage on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, it's a shortage on Friday, yeah. So. <laughs> it's like screeching. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now we're going to move into a section called the London Lowdown. Oh, Sonia, bring out the bowler hat. Oh, crikey. The London Lowdown. So we're just going to ask you um, a series of questions. Um, you're going you're to pull them out of the hat and then um, you can either read them or we can read them. them here. I'm actually holding a bowler hat. Yeah, it's a real bowler hat. It's a real bowler hat. It's actually is. my uh, boyfriend's. It was his granddad's. Um, and he used to go to when he used to go to work in the city and you can see what well, you people that are listening can't see, but you know, people here can see those are his initials inside. So he said I could borrow it for this and he said, please let's spill your coffee on it. <laughs> so it looks I'm being very it, there's no coffee on here, James, moment. at all. <laughs> um so yes, but you know, for a full Londoner experience. Um, sure. I'm picking so. one. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Fave local pub. Um, the Elderfield in Clapton. Really? Yeah, I, I love I, that place. I think it's a bit weird. Do you? No, Why would you go there and not um, Adam and Eve? Oh, uh, that's a I good mean, one. I mean, it's technically that's Hamilton, no, isn't no, it? It is technically. Or the Clapton Hamilton. Heart. No, hands down, the Elderfield. I it's, like it now. They've got board games in there as well. They've got board games. They have jazz on a Sunday. Not that I really go there on a Sunday, but they have... Just it's just a lovely, unassuming, friendly place. I've heard the food's a bit hit and miss. All right, Ben. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but Adam Eve food is know. spot on. <laughs> this is not sponsored by Adam Eve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Poo poo, someone's favourite local. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm marking that down as a negative. <laughs> um, if I could live anywhere in London, where would I live? Ooh. 
I quite like where I live now. Can I say that? Absolutely. Um, again, to do with a meal and the community and the nature. Although, I mean, the places around Hampstead Heath are pretty fancy as well. Yeah, mm, I, think I that's went the there dream. recently. Yeah. Oh, that is the dream, isn't it? Go yeah, so we'll go swim. Clapton One, Hampstead Heath. I like a have very that close one. second. Like you have okay, it. yeah, that's. But- <laughs> I didn't realise we'd be judging people on their answers. It's <laughs> <laughs> not part of the plan. <laughs> what would I do if I were the mayor for the day? Oh, gosh. Um, Release all the animals from London Zoo. That Well, that and um, make everyone pick up their litter. Good, good, good answer, answer, yeah. Litter bugs, mm. my pet peeve. True. Mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about have it. Have you ever called anyone out? Oh, on, I have, and, and I actually... Has I, it backfired? Yeah, okay. yeah. There were People are really aggressive Very if you aggressive, do that, yeah. yeah. There was a, a couple of lads chucking their McDonald's wrappers over on a, to, onto a train line, which I thought was quite an extreme case of littering. Did say something. They started on my then boyfriend at the time. Um, not not a great experience. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 shout, I shouted at a child once, but no. I won that one. So. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I do tend to tut loudly. Thank you, Battles. Give hard yeah. stares. <laughs> I feel like that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. Favourite date spot? Okay, so I really like places with good lighting. Lighting is key for me. Mood lighting. Um, Yeah, good mood lighting. Um, Ambiance. Ambiance. And actually, my favourite date spot actually closed down, although the lighting didn't get... It got a bit worse towards the end of its life. It was Floyd's on in Shacklewell Lane. Oh, yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. So, um, okay, new date spot, TBC. Okay, come in. All right, we can do one more. This is your final... I'm really enjoying this. Fave local restaurant... Mm. Okay, I've got I've got a good few, a good few that I would also like to visit. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, haven't been yet, but Cornerstone. Oh yeah, that's meant to Tom be very Brown. good. Very yeah, good. yeah, it's yeah. On yeah. the Chef podcast, uh, have a listen there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pigeon as well. I've not been to. Good um, too. But yeah, would like to go there. Um, mine's gone blank. Where'd you go when you just want to have a, like? A nice meal out. Oh, I know. My neighbour's the dumplings. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) That's a great, it's always a winner. Great. Good, good answers. Thank apart you. From, Thanks. You know, the ones that Ben hates. I know. I felt judged. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's it from us. That's, that's everything. So thanks so much for coming down. It was absolutely amazing talking to you. Oh, thank, thank you. you so I've much. loved it. Yeah, much appreciated. Oh, that was so great. Can I get a wolf, Ben? Sonia, we've talked about this. Okay, fine. What about an owl? Or a turtle. Look, I'll see what I can do, but why don't we start by going along to the next wildlife drawing session? Only if you bring the wolf. Fine. Right, thanks to Jenny. That was absolutely great. And listeners, please like, share, tell your mum, and subscribe. And if you know a cool Londoner who you think we should chat to, tweet us at London the Inside. And tune in next time for another great Londoner. Bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.